It is Monday, August 29, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you're just tuning in, it is neck and neck. Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler as they tee off there at 16, both at 21 under par in the final round of the Tour Championship in Atlanta. Unfortunately, the two Aussies, Cam Smith and Adam Scott, not in contention. In the Formula One overnight, Max Verstappen has won in Belgium, and it was a Red Bull 1-2 as Sergio Perez was second, and Carlos Sainz filled the podium for Ferrari, and Aussie Daniel Ricciardo 15th in uh, a tumultuous week for him where it was confirmed that he won't be with McLaren next season. His teammate Lando Norris finished 12th. In the NRL yesterday, it was the Dragons 24 beating the Tigers 22, and also the Gold Coast Titans 36 beat the Newcastle Knights 26. Phil Buzz Rothfield coming up shortly in the English Premier League overnight. Tottenham beat Nottingham Forest 2-0, and that was in Nottingham. Wolves and Newcastle was 1-1 at Molyneux, and West Ham went to Villa Park, beat Aston Villa 1-0. Arsenal top of the table after a win again over the weekend. They're four from four, 2-1 over Fulham, and we'll speak to Phil Moss later this morning. Also got Roger Rashid coming up in about half an hour's time ahead of the US Open, starting at Flushing Meadows later tonight and tomorrow morning. It'll be the two Aussies up against each other, Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis. Yesterday, the Aussie cricket team beat Zimbabwe in a one-day international in Townsville by five wickets over the course of the weekend. The Wallabies beat the Springboks 25-17 to at Adelaide Oval. And Michael Checkers, Argentina, beat New Zealand 25-18 to in Christchurch. Uh, huge uh, week for the Swans. They've got a match against Melbourne Friday night. The prize would be hosting a preliminary final if they can beat the defending premiers, the Demons, at the MCG Friday night. But Thursday night in the NRL, what a game it's going to be. Top four for either the Melbourne Storm or Parramatta. The Eels, all of a sudden, Loz, you stuck fat with them. You nearly got off them about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You were that close. Oh, it's that Gutho close. Gutho said, stick with us, mate. And, and you that, stuck. Well, I stuck, but I'll be interested to see how they play this weekend. This is a big test for Parramatta, as it is for Melbourne. Melbourne, my thought, were disappointing to start the game against the Roosters. They were just out-muscled early, and Parramatta... Against Brisbane, though, that, that's that's in the back of my mind. It was Brisbane. And then you saw what Melbourne did to Brisbane two weeks ago, and then they started flat. They probably just expected it was going to happen again for them without respecting the opposition and knowing the intensity that the Roosters were coming out to play them with. Uh, Parramatta, they'll be up for this game. Whoever wins finishes top four. And I think Parramatta are a good chance of upsetting Melbourne. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's... Mm. Melbourne, Melbourne, for me, they can make a grand final. They can't, they can't win. Melbourne can't win. And you were there at the opening of Allianz Stadium last night. Yeah, uh, they had a terrific. public open day yesterday and they put an event on there yeah, last night. they had night. an event on and they had Baker Boy and Guy Sebastian was, was playing. Um, got a chance to have a look at the facilities. Um, fantastic. It's just not a bad seat in the joint. There's mm. not a bad seat in the joint. And if you turn up to the footy this weekend, I think you'll be raving about the facilities and the fact that, as I said, it, it, it just looks beautiful from the outside. And when you get a chance to walk around the stadium and have a look, you know, the, the facilities are magnificent. You'll go there, you'll enjoy yourself. You'll great vantage point from any seat that you're sitting in. And I think when you've got a stadium like that and it's full, I think that contributes to the game as well. Definitely. And I think you'll see a couple of good games of football this weekend in both codes. Mm. 
when the Wallabies take on the Springboks on Saturday night and also on Friday night when the Roosters take on South. Morning, Buzz. Yeah, good morning, guys. I was there last night, Laurie, and saw you marked out with the other great athletes who have played there. Um, very proud moment, mate. And it certainly is a great stadium. It's a fantastic facility, isn't it, Buzz? And it looked good with, what, 28,000, 30,000 people there last night. But I can only imagine what it's going to be like for this game on Friday. And it's a clash we're all looking forward to, the, the Roosters yeah. taking on South. It'll be, it'll be magic. Yeah, I was thinking I was watching Guy Sebastian Baker boy and I think, God, I wish I could fast forward seven nights or five nights. <laughs> I'm hanging out for that game so much. It'll be a great night next uh, Friday night. Uh, you've written extensively about uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona. Gee, there's been some fallout to that epic game on Friday night, the Roosters meeting the Storm 18 to 14 buzz. Yeah, look, and the word you used, epic, is 100% right. And the intensity of the game was like a state of origin match. And look, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was um, the most incredible game of rugby league between two sides who were desperate for two competition points. But um, if you guys, I presume, have seen that photo on the back page of the Telegraph today and, and Nelson Sofa Solomona coming down on so hard on Joseph Suwali with his elbow. And um, Look, the NRL, I think, and I, I spoke to Martin Lang yesterday, the former Sharks, um, Penrith and Queensland Maroons front rower, who He's a really, really intelligent fellow who has studied neurosciences and conducting research into brain injuries from contact sport. And he raised a really interesting point that the fact that players like Asofa Solomona are repeat offenders is been found guilty of foul play 10 times in the last three years but keeps getting away with fines. Martin Lang is of the opinion that there will be litigation on a grand scale, that it's a legal time bomb, that further down the track, a good lawyer will get hold of a player who is suffering from the after effects of concussions and point out that there was not a duty of care while he was playing football and that players were continually allowed to get away with this sort of foul play. Now, I don't want to be an alarmist, but all the statistics are there. This guy, Asosa Solomona, um, he was fined $3,000 for that shot. It was a disgraceful shot on Suwali. He was on the ground. There was another incident in the game that he escaped. He kneed Joey Manu in the head in the tackle. There are incidents throughout that game. Cameron Munster. Can someone please explain why he got a warning letter a concerning act letter for a clear elbow to the head of Sam Walker. Why video has emerged today of Kafusi doing a hip drop on Takiaha. No action whatsoever. And I just thought, and then Lindsay Collins gets four weeks for one. The inconsistency is just extraordinary. And I agree with Martin Lang that down the track, I'm not saying it's going to happen the next year, the next two years. But down the track, the NRL is leaving itself open to legal action. And I used to cover judiciaries every week at Phillips Street, the old New South Wales Rugby League. And I can assure you 
if any player walked in with the rap sheet that the Sofa Solomona has for a tackle like he did on Suwali and for the noose to the head on Manu, he would be facing multiple weeks on the sidelines, not a pathetic $3,000 fine. Can I ask then, Buzz, why aren't they taking stronger action? Mm. Laurie, I have absolutely mm. no idea. They were supposed to do a review of the match review committee and the judiciary process in the last off-season. But nothing has changed. Now, look, we all loved that game, didn't we? I I did, Buzz. I I loved the fact that both um, Hargreaves and... Big Nelson went hard, uh, went hard at each yeah. other. I, I did. Yeah. There's some acts in that game that you, you know, that were questionable, and you, and you go, oh, that's that's crossing the line. But generally speaking, I because lo- we don't see enough of, well, don't see enough of it in my mind. Oh, absolutely. Just, what would you rather watch? Oh, but, all, you know, the Sharks Canterbury game was horrible. You know, you you. you, you that was like a fourth origin game. Yeah. It was sensate. But, Laurie, you've got to get the cheap shot foul play out of the game. And this guy has a long history of it. So if you're going to put Collins out for four weeks for a hip drop, which I think had no intent whatsoever, absolutely no intent to hurt the player. Mm. And then you got this guy who... Suwali is the pin-up player's teenager. I know he's big enough and strong enough to look after himself, but these tackles have to be rubbed out of the game. These are blatant acts of foul play. And they do, you and me are, are rusted on rugby league fans, and we always will be, and we've seen this sort. But if you want to get a new audience, tell me about the growth in television this year on Channel 9 Free to Wear. There's been none. You know, if you want to attract new people to the game, you've got to rub this sort of crap out of it. And it's unacceptable, his behaviour on a football field. And I think most of your listeners will agree with what I'm saying. As much as they love that game, there was no place in rugby league for what we saw the other night in a couple of instances. Yeah, well, no one likes any cheap What do you think about Cameron Munster getting a warning letter? Uh, I'm just trying to go back through my mind. I, I remember there was an incident at the time I looked... I, I remember saying at the time, oh, jeez, what did he do there? I, I, he wasn't even fine. He wasn't fine for that, yeah. He got a concerning act letter. Yeah, he went to get up to play the ball, did he? Or he yeah, was on top of him, he? to get up to play the ball yeah. dropped his elbow. Elbow and Walker. Yeah, no, nah, well, that's unacceptable. That's that's unacceptable. What do you think, Meadow and Clarkie? I didn't see it. I, I didn't. I didn't watch any footy over the weekend, so I haven't. I want. I'd like to. Mido's just trying. The, to the only thing I would say, Buzz, computer. is is um, I, I, we well, not that we need to be careful. You need to get rid of those grubby acts. But I think if we look at a lot of games, and if we look at that one in particular, and if we start pointing out what Melbourne done, I reckon Melbourne would have a dossier on some of the Roosters players what they did in that game as well. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. That, they, they would, Buzz. You know how it works. That was a little yeah, cheap Don't worry. Shot Mel, Mel, yeah, it was a cheap shot from Munster, and he should Definitely. have done it. But I reckon Melbourne will come out with their own this week and say, well, hang on, you're yeah, pointing, the, you're pointing yeah. the finger at us. Here should, is an example. Should that be more than a penalty, though? Like, do you think he should be fined or suspended for that? I'm just looking at the footage now in front of me, Buzz. Do you, do you think Munster should be suspended for that? To me, that is a cheap shot, but it should be a penalty and play on. I reckon I actually feel like, and I get the whole concussion thing, but I actually think we're, 
I don't, it's not we're getting soft. I'm not saying that, but I feel like yeah. we're we're whinging yeah. about. He, he like, didn't need to do it, months. No, he, he it's a hundred percent cheap shot and should yeah. be penalised. Yeah. But I don't think he should be fined or suspended for it. Yeah, but what you guys, you, you guys know of the dementia and, and former football players. Surely that that what I'm staring at right now, Buzz, that is not causing concussion or brain damage to anyone. That's like me having a fight with my sister. In the lounge room. Oh, Sparky, please. Mate, that is nothing. The on the back page. You got the telegraph. No. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hang on. This, please hear what I'm saying. I'm looking at the footage of Cameron Munster elbowing Walker. Walker. What I'm staring at right now, that's having a fight with my sister in the lounge room. Is that is not causing brain damage or concussion, in my opinion. Well, I'll tell you what concerns me, and I've defended Melbourne all my life because everyone gets stuck in, and I've had so many blues on the NRL 360 about this, that every club wrestles. And Melbourne Storm, while they might have been the first and the best at it, uh, I think they're generally picked on. But when you get a game like the other night, and you've got two Nelson the Sofa Solomona incidents, okay, um, the first on Suwali, the second on Joey Manu, then you've got Cameron Munster dropping the elbow on Sam Walker while he was on the ground. And then you've got the Kafusi hip drop that wasn't penalised or came under no scrutiny whatsoever. There's four incidents in one game that, that has not led to a week's pen. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then you get Paul Lindsay Collins, right? He's mm. gone for four weeks for an accidental, came in on the back, mm. hip drop. Yeah, that's yeah, we, we said we, we said that this morning Definitely about Lindsay excessive. Collins. We didn't think that deserved four week penalty, and obviously they've taken into consideration the fact that Eisenhuth could be out for a long period of time, which leads us to the other, you know, argument too, Buzz, about these hip drop tackles. How, I, don't, I don't know how do you get rid of them. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how we come up I, with. Look, players have just got to learn to avoid, you know, going in as the third player and getting it wrong. That's that the way you get rid of it. And, look, I'm not blowing up about any penalty for um, or, or any suspension for hip-drop tackles, but I just want these other blatant acts of foul play and players like Kafusi rubbed out if they're going to do it once or twice in a game. He's had 10 charges, found guilty of 10 charges in the last three years. And you know what? I'm not even talking about the ones he got away with, Clarkey. Hey, well, don't, mate, I, I'm talking about the Cameron, I told you, I didn't watch one yeah. bit of rugby league over the weekend. I've just looked at the footage of Cameron Munster. That is the only thing I have made comment on. Kafusi, yeah. mate, if there's ten, if, he, if he's done it 10 times, then suspend him. I'm cool with that. It's in the safe for Solomon and not... Uh, sorry, yeah, well, then I'm, suspend him, I agree. Rub him out for four weeks, if that's the case. If it, yeah, I, I, you don't want a thug in the game. I agree with that. I'm looking at the Cameron Munster incident and I'm saying, mate, that is a penalty. Play on. In my opinion. Okay, well, let's do it. And every tackle, let's allow elbows to the head. Okay, and you'll get penalised. Every time you get up to play the ball, Clark, you can drop an elbow. Nah, and you'll get penalised every time. What do we think of the Nelson one, though? I think the Nelson one's pretty bad. I think it's a lot different yeah. to the Munster one. Yeah. Mate. Well, oh. why, can't, why can't you do it every tackle then? Well, you can, but you'll be penalised every tackle. 
this morning, Buzz, my my honest opinion, I think you've got beef on with Melbourne at the moment as well. I, I think Loz is right. If you look, if Melbourne can come out right now and say, hang on, here's five incidents where the Roosters have done similar things that you're not talking about. I think you've got your beef on with Melbourne this morning. What incidents are you talking about? I don't know. I, Buzz, let me say it for the third time. I did not yeah. watch any football yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, right. I know you've got that social life of yours. <laughs> I went to a wedding. Oh, wedding? Not so, his own. No. <laughs> on this occasion, it wasn't mine. Uh, let's move to Friday night. What an occasion it's going to be, as we mentioned off the top, Buzz at Allianz. And Damien Cook might get a reprieve and be available based on, well, a change in government rules this week. Yeah, no, that's right. It's a, a terrific story. And look, I hope Damien Cook's doing well this morning. Um, he came down with COVID. He, he failed a, uh, a test on Saturday, and um, which obviously ruled him out of the game against the Cowboys. So they still managed to get up and win. But normally that would uh, rule him out of this Friday night game. But both the federal and state governments are talking about changing the COVID rules this week where you only have to spend five days in isolation rather than seven. I don't think this will be determined until Wednesday, though. And South obviously have to pick a team and, and put it, give it to the NRL on Tuesday. So I presume we'll see Damien Cook's name somewhere. They might put him in Jersey 21 or whatever, um, hoping that that, law, that rule does get changed. Otherwise, he'll be watching the game from home and still in isolation. Yeah, it, as I said to Laurie at the start, it's going to be a wonderful night um, with these two great clubs um, opposing each other, the hatred there, the, the history of 100 years of feuds. Um, I guess there's an opportunity for both coaches to rest players because it's more than likely they'll be playing against each other the week after. I spoke to the Roosters about this yesterday, resting players. And look, obviously, Victor Radley, after that horrible, horrible knockout from the accident, you know, he put his head in the wrong spot in the Jesse Bromwich tackle. Um, he'll obviously be rested. Um, Daniel Tupu's obviously got the groin injury and be unfit. But I think the Roosters just want to win, even though um, it's not going to affect their finals position all that much. And I think South just because of the feeling between the two clubs and to get a sort of competitive advantage for the following week, we'll want to win as well. So it'll still be a great game of football. But speaking of the head knocks, what can we expect from Kalen Ponga in the off-season? And will he play in the World Cup? Yeah, an interesting yarn here. Um, look, he is available to play for Australia. And Mal Meninga will as all kangaroo coaches do for long of England, will want to take utility players. Now, he's got to play fullback with Tedesco and Luttrell around, but he can play in the halves. I am getting whispers, and Laurie, I don't want to put you in an awkward position because you're an Australian selector, but I'm getting whispers from Mouse Camp that they haven't, uh, looked at the toilet cubicle incident where he was out drinking while he was suffering uh, the after effects of head injuries, drinking while he was supposed to be in rehab in Newcastle. I don't think that's the sort of player that Mal wants to take to England, especially when you line him up against a very similar 
sort of utility player in Nico Hines at Cronulla, who is a very good chance, I think, of the Dally M Awards this year. Nico can play as many positions as Ponga, but he has proven this year to be the most wonderful ambassador on the field, off the field, um, on the field. He's, as I said, he's a chance winning. So I think even if Ponga had the match fitness, which he doesn't, I still think Nico Hines would be preferred to him because he's done better off the field. What are Manly going to do in the off-season, Buzz? Obviously pray that Tommy's right to play next season. Yeah, yeah, I saw Tommy there. He was at the opening of the stadium last night. And, um, look, he's um, he, he'll make a huge difference. You know, the, the, the statistics are there. Manly only uh, win... Um, when he's not playing, they only win 35% of their games and they, they desperately need him back, not just as a footballer, but he's the sort of person who might be able to help fix the very obvious fractures that are there at Manly at the moment. They're, they're playing with no spirit whatsoever and the season can't finish quick enough for them. I think, though, that Des Hasler's job is safe. I've spoken to some um, pretty powerful people at Manly in recent days and they want to give Des another chance next year. They they will uh, have a long chat with him over the off-season, though, about the situation, about his high-performance staff, about his assistant coaches, and I think you will see some uh, changes happening there. The other thing is, and look, I had a look at it yesterday, and I'm thinking, you know, why... We look at the recruitment of all clubs in the NRL and... Um, you look at Manly, and I've just found so many good players that they've let go over the last four or five years. You start with Clint Gutherson, right? He left in 2017. Look what he's doing at Para. Mm. What about Sean Lay? Let him go in 2019. I know everyone has salary cap pressure. I don't think there's a better edge forward in the game at the moment on form. Another kangaroo chance. He was at Manly. What about Appy Coruscant? <sighs> Arguably the you know, the best footballer mm. in the comp this year with Harry Grant. They let him go. What about, you know, in the 2018 Holden Cup side, they had Nico Hines. They let him go to Melbourne, then to Cronulla. They had Jesse Romian in the Holden Cup. So, look, the, the recruitment stops with the coaches. And, look, Trent Barrett was there at the time when a lot of this happened. And even prior to Trent Barrett, I think, in 2017 when had left and Look, they're lucky they've had Scott Fulton there who's, you know, brought in some of the boys from Westfield Sports High out west. But uh, it's an area that Manly need to be on top of. There's some great players they've lost. Have to leave it there, Buzz. Thanks so much. Yeah, good on you guys. Thank you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Now, just seeing a, uh, a tweet from the Warriors, actually. All remaining tickets to Saturday's final homecoming match are now free. So their last home game of the season, or well, their last game of the season, of course, they host the Titans on Saturday. Free tickets. Like it. Well done from the Warriors. Yeah. It's the three o'clock game on Saturday against the Gold Coast. Three tickets. Well, Laws were just showing us in the uh, break. Uh, another villain for our Monday morning, the Atlanta Braves <laughs> mascot <laughs> over in the US. So, What's the Atlanta Braves mascot doing on an NFL yeah, field, don't either, know. by the way? But so, anyway. So there were a whole heap of mascots playing against just kids. They would have been, what, eight, nine years oh, of age? Possibly ten. And this one mascot, who's probably a full-blown adult, yeah. has decided, well, here's his moment. 
He's got his so moment. Describe what he's done, Loz. <laughs> well, basically, he's charged through the whole team and he's palmed off about four oh, of them, mate. swatted them away. And, and when I mean away. palmed, yeah, like just bang yeah. straight to the head, <laughs> and you just see these kids go flying. So he's taking it very, very seriously. Atlanta oh, Brave mascot. Mate, can't do that. You can't. I think a kid ended up in hospital. You kidding? I think so. Well, yes. you're a villain. So the Atlanta Brave mascot. But it, they they said the kids loved it. What being smoked? Well, they by said the, the kid. Yeah, they 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 said that they they enjoyed it. But the the mascot, he's obviously got his time on the big stage and thought taking it a bit far. There'll be scouts here watching. A little bit too serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give us a call thirteen fifty three fifty three. Send us a text zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Heroes and villains this Monday morning. Uh, just checking what's going on in the golf there. McElroy leads. They're walking up 18, so in the Tour Championship, Rory McIlroy, 21 under par. And uh, Scheffler is also 20 under par, and so is Sung Jae Im. Scheffler's had an unhappy round. In fact, yes, he's three over through 17, the American. And Sung Jae Im in the clubhouse after shooting a four under 66. So Im needs a mistake from McIlroy here on the last and Scheffler needs a birdie, uh, you would think. Um, so uh, that's how it's finishing up with the Aussies. Not in contention either. Cam Smith, he finished nine under par for the tournament. Adam Scott, four under par. So well and truly off the pace in the tour finale. Still plenty of prize money coming that way for making the top 30 in the FedEx Cup. Um, we've got Steve on the line. Morning, Steve. Morning, boys. How are we going? Pretty good, thanks, mate. How was, the tr- how was Kiss, by the way? Absolutely mind-blowing. Still got it. Oh, mate, unbelievable. Hey, no, not a, not a Zimmer frame to be seen, not an oxygen bottle to be seen. Um, one solid two-hour set. No no intermission, no break. Um, not an empty house in the seat. Not an empty seat in the house, I should say. Well worth it. Go and see them if you get the chance. You, you, are they playing at the City Football Kiss, uh, I don't know where they are, Mido. I, I, look, I, I love Kiss when I was younger. I haven't listened to them for a while, but they've got some great hits, haven't they? They've got some Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons. They're playing at home. Who's the other, John who's the other just told me. Who's the other oh, bloke? Gene the Simmons is the first one yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, he's the tongue man, isn't he, yeah. Gene? Yeah, he's the yeah. tongue. <laughs> the tongue. He's man. the tongue man. He's the tongue man. <laughs> Mate, massive tongue. Massive tongue. What have you got for us, Steve? Heroes and villains. Righto, mate. Hero was the connections of Lewis called Atomic Tommy. Um, had its first start here at Warwick the Beal on Saturday as a nine-year-old. First start. How'd it go? 41s into 15s. Jumped, missed it by five. <laughs> well, that's telling you something. <laughs> no, it actually picked a few up in the straight, and we're like we've got a straight like Mooney Valley is, right? So it's you know, but it actually picked a few up in the, in the straight. But like, talk about perseverance. Blinkers on next. What was that? Sorry. Put the blinkers on next start. Oh, I put the blinkers on. Put it out to fourteen hundred. I would have thought. What'd you say it's called again? Atomic Tommy. Atomic Tommy. Okay. Yeah. First start, first race start is a nine year old. All right, let us know when it's running next. Who's your villain? Yep. Mate, it's on the back of what uh, you guys and Buzz were talking about. It's NRL fans. Like, they mean nothing. They're not a deterrent. They don't, you know, they don't hurt the player. 
you know, my wife said the other night, why don't they give them community service? So rather than a $1,500 fine, why don't we make them go down to a local club and mark a line or run a line on a Saturday or clean out the sheds after the one shed that everyone uses um, at the end of the day's play? That would be more beneficial later to the club, but it might actually get something in their head rather than just you know, $1,500 to half of these players means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. There's a left field thought. I guess that's something the players' association would probably push back. Well, on. I think we just want consistency, don't we? Yeah. We want consistency, and if you've judged to have done a foul act on a footy field, you want the punishment to be a bit stronger than what it currently is. Good on you, Steve. Thanks for the call. Um, just by the way, on the Atlanta Braves mascot, it's called Blooper. Says Azza. Uh, hey boys, the Atlanta Braves mascot reminds me of Boris Johnson when he mowed down the little fella in the rugby game. <laughs> very funny stuff, Duckman. He was taking it very seriously. But the he? last guy palmed, well, the kid, by the way, yeah, he's he a kid. He's off, a ten-year-old he, he kid. Sort of grabs him and sort of throws him away. Yeah. <laughs> he had the chest out too. He was oh, pumped. Why so serious against kids? Like, oh, I, was there always accidents? <laughs> like even ScoMo. Remember ScoMo oh, playing oh, soccer? Mate. Knock the youngster oh. over, like, just slow and steady, boys. There's kids around. Oh, it's very funny. But what you, It's not the World what, Cup it's final. It's line fever, they call it's it. It's not the World Cup final. Relax. He was ready to rip and tear. Matt, he wanted to score, didn't he? He did. He was taking no prisoners, put it that way. <laughs> Anyone that gets in my way today is going to Get be out of here. Big Latrell Mitchell fan. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, good morning. Yeah, good day, fellas. Um... Very crucial game for the Storm because if they get beaten by Parramatta, they'll finish fifth and guess who they have to play? Canberra. Ah, who have a great record against Canberra, them. Canberra beat them a couple of times in the semifinals and they could be knocked out next weekend, the following week. It's a very dangerous game for the Storm. They've got to win that game to finish fourth. Yeah, you don't want to They've be playing. To the, the Raiders are a t- side you don't want to play first week of the finals, I wouldn't have thought. No, the, the Canberra will beat the Storm. Storm will be out the first weekend. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If but the Raiders have to win two, of course. The Storm will... No, the, the Canberra will beat the Tigers. I think more chance you put Canberra will beat the Tigers. They'll make finish eighth. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, oh, there's a big chance the Bunnies could finish eighth as well. The Roos, If the Raiders win and the Roosters win, the Bunnies will finish eighth. Really? Yep. I've got the yep. table right in front of me. So four and against? Well, that's, the, yep. that's the case. I think the Storm will beat Souths. Uh, um... I don't think I think Canberra have got more potential beating the Storm than the South beat in Melbourne. I'm talking about in Melbourne. Canberra's got a tremendous record. I've, I've got that wrong. Sorry, I was looking yeah, at I was, I was looking at the against column instead of the points difference column. South had a better four and yeah. against in Canberra. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, the Raiders will finish eighth, provided they win. Yeah, Pe- Penrith will probably end up being favourites to win the comp, but that depends on injuries, and it every team's got major players and injuries. You know, but I think. You can put 80%, 90% of Penrithville plate the grain final mind up winner. But that depends on the injuries, of course, you know, and the mm. players and the personnel, you know. Yeah, the thing I'm interested in this weekend is seeing who Penrith rest and who they allow play, uh, allow to play, because um, there's a couple of guys there that you'd be taking no risk with. I think that Coruscant and, in particular, Isaiah Yo. I reckon Yo, if you rested him this week, because um, he's so crucial to their team. It is a restathon for them. Sure. Yeah, there's a couple of players here you wouldn't be resting. You wouldn't be resting Jerome Luai. He's had one game yeah, back. You've you, yeah. you got to keep him playing, mm. get a bit of match fitness, because they're going to go into that first week of the finals, and Cleary's going to come back uh, fit and fresh. Um, but, there's, you know, Fisher-Harris has missed a couple of weeks. 
I think they rested Liam Martin on the weekend. So there's a couple there that they possibly will rest. Mm. Um, but the others, I think they'll want to continue to play. Uh, just on the text line. Thank you, Michael, for the call. Morning, boys. The obvious choice for Hero this week is our fearless leader and South's tragic elbow for changing the ISO rules just so Cookie can play. Uh, the villain is the Roosters just because, says uh, Boy Bunny, uh, getting in early with a cup, with a sledge or two ahead of the big rivalry uh, match between South and the Roosters at the new Allianz on Friday night. Trent Morning. Morning, boys. How are we going? No, nah, good, thank you, mate. What have you got for us this morning? Oh, I just want to confirm with Pup, mate. He watched no footy over the weekend. Yeah. Just want to confirm that. <laughs> oh my god! I'm glad you. I'm glad you heard me. <laughs> oh, mate, I heard you the first time. <laughs> uh, what have you I've seen one tackle because Mido oh, just showed me best. on the iPad, mate. Yeah, and I won't talk about that because we're pretty clear with that too, but dear me. But yeah. uh, all right, so let's go for heroes and villains, boys. Um, look, the heroes this week, um, it's actually football New South Wales. So, Mido, you may have seen a bit of yesterday with the FFA Cup, but Sydney United obviously getting through for the semi final of the uh, or the Australia Cup, as it's called. Now, just watch the goal. That might be something you can watch during the ad break. The goal is an absolute belter. Mm that Sydney United scored. Um, absolute cracker. And the grand final on Saturday night, Blacktown City and Manly, they got about three and a half at um, Parramatta Stadium, which was more than the Wanderers got all season. Um, so big effort there. Good game too. Blacktown City winning 2-0. So congrats to the boys. Um, and the villains has to be the um, Broncos touch footy team that they brought out on Thursday night. Um, Laws, what did you think of some of that defence, mate? There was a couple of tries there where I actually thought the Broncos got out of the way. They actually seen a black Parramatta player coming out and they thought, no, nah, I don't want to borrow this. And just basically, it was like a parting of the Red Sea. They were poor. And that's attitude. That, that is giving up. It's a whole range of things, to be truthfully honest. Was, can you be truthfully honest? Probably not. You've got to be honest. <laughs> you could be This morning, you can uh, be whatever you want. But, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, for me, Broncos, they, they did. They, they gave up. And it wasn't, um, it's not ability. And it's just attitude because if you have a mindset that whoever runs in front of you, you're going to put your body in and make a tackle, you do it. If if it means the difference between you winning a game or losing a game in a big moment, you you get there, put your body in front. Even though you mightn't make the tackle, it makes it harder on the opposition person, mm. opposition player to actually get through the line. But at times there, it was like touch. They were just waving them through. And uh, it was worrying for Kevy when you're sitting in that box and you see it unfold like that. And he's entitled to give the team a spray. And if they can't handle a spray, then they don't deserve to, to be there because it's not as if, um, you know, they didn't deserve it. That they were, they were poor. Parramatta were very good, by the way. But Broncos, I mean, if that's the kind of stuff they're going to dish up, in the finals, they're better off not being there because they wouldn't be beaten by 50 in a final. They'd be beaten by 70. And that was a poor performance from them. And I don't know. You, you look at the Broncos, they've still got a number of good players. They did have some excuses. Adam Reynolds left the game early. Flegler was injured. You know, their, their bench was exposed. They had to play long minutes. I think Billy Walters come on and had to play halfback where he's been used to playing hooker. Turpin had to play... Uh, a lot more minutes than what he's normally doing. 
so they had some excuses, but but again, when you're playing at home and your season's on the line, you expect a lot better. Uh, on the text line, hi boys, hero, Loz the champion, backed both of his weekend multis. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Hang on. Oh, Loz's multi, is it? You're getting, but then the Nambucker rooster goes on to say, Loz the W, justifying Storm atrocities by saying Storm will find some some committed by the Chooks also. Have a great day, boys, says the Nambucker rooster. But uh, the rooster is giving Loz credit for the multi. Mm. That's exactly, well, thank you. Thank, <laughs> and Loz thank is claiming much. Uh, well, I am claiming it because Loz has locked one as well, so that's two. Well, Loz had we've, had, we've had a good sort of four or five weeks, but just <laughs> on, on that name, Bucket you know, Rooster. Yeah. Are you listening to this? Yeah, it's just Where were you on Friday when you wanted nothing to do with it? You wiped your hands clear no, of it on Friday. I was very clear with my instructions. If um, it it's, won, it's mine. It's mine. If, if it, it loses, lost, it's his. Yeah. I was very clear. Okay. Honesty is always the best policy. Did mm, I not or not did sure I, about that. Oh, I say that on Friday? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'll get okay. that. So you're claiming you. it. Yep. So, well, congrats on the win. Well done, mate. So thank you, boys. Uh, another one. Loza, BSB, Mouldy and Loza's lock. Villain, no one. Let's be positive. Newman. Good on you, Newman. Thanks, Newman. Um, <laughs> hi, just a follow-up from Heroes and Villains. Harry will play in the grand final for Loftus Rovers uh, 45 C's next Sunday, but he did say when he opens his Father's Day present, it may contain divorce papers. Regards, Slapper, sending that one through. So uh, he's trying to get off Father's Day. How do you get? What, what do you need? What do you need to get off Father's Day for to play in your uh, over forty fives? Well, maybe he's not final. a father. Maybe he's talking about going and seeing his old his, man, his wife's father. No. Father. Maybe. Oh, right. Okay. So she's saying, no, you're not playing footy. You're coming to Father's Day. I don't know. I want to know. Don't know what most blokes think of this or is it just my wife so she says on father's day that i'm not her father so it's the kids giving me a present mm-hmm. but i'll say well, well you haven't done anything for me you know like why don't you take me out for <laughs> lunch or dinner hang on and the comeback is well you're not my father oh, i think she makes a decent point well i think your kids i think at this age that's a fair call you it's up yeah. to your kids you've got adult children yes they're, yeah, they're but you're still not... expecting your wife <laughs> no, no. to look after you no. and do something special for no. you. Mate. It's not husband day, it's father's day. <laughs> you're the best. No. Well, well, I, well on mother's day, if I didn't do anything, no, who gets in trouble? Mate, surely you know by now. She's not one your mother. rule for you, run rule for you. Oh, well, your I wife's know. not your mum. You should go. I know, but I celebrate mother's day because I but like. But you do it on behalf of your kids. Because yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah, but, so at my age but, now... And I make a song and dance about it. Well then, I'll buy her something and say, there you go, darling. Do you, do you buy her something and say, there you go, darling? Do you say uh, that's no, from the kids? I, I will. I'll, I'll, no, from the kids and myself. I do it. Well, that's silly. You're and wasting a present. You're wasting a present. As well. But that nothing comes back in return. She is not your mother. You are not her father. She does not have... Your wife does not have to do a thing for I you know, on Father's that's, Day. That's, that's my point. She, that annoys me. Double standard. Because we're all family. Double standard. We're tight. You we're family. Got, but she's got. She's, she's already got a dad. You don't need to be a dad. But she should be able to look after me on. No, Father's day. mate. It's not husband day. It's Father's day. <laughs> well, it should be a husband day. <laughs> Good morning, Ali. Agree. Agree. Oh boy. I'll get a few gifts. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon, Ali? I, 
I half got lost in between and then I sort of picked up where the conversation was at and it was something about buying presents for your partner when it's Father's Day or Mother's Day. Or mm. Yeah, what do you reckon? Along those, I, I can't say I've had that issue. Um, <laughs> uh, Good answer. But, <laughs> so Give like, it time, Ali. Why yeah. yeah. I have to cross that bridge? Mm. <laughs> uh, San Domenico, sweet ride. Uh, sure not too many found it, but what did you make of the performance? Um, oh, I've, we dissected this race yesterday and it was a really um, messy, tricky, confusing race, I suppose. Um, fittest horse, certainly. Um, race, not to, not to take anything away from him. He still beat home some, some good horses. Um, he'll go on to the run to the rose in, in two weeks and I think Annabelle mentioned that maybe he'll cool more further along eventually. But um, I think there were a few other horses with unlucky runs. One of those was Best of Bordeaux and you could sort of make excuses for him. But uh, just going back and watching the stewards vision, he was hampered coming out of the gate. He sort of got squeezed out and checked and so took away his gate speed, which, you know, for him is is a bit of a disaster from the beginning and he's a real competent horse. So when he doesn't have that initial gate speed and he can't posse up, it, it sort of um, takes away his brilliance a little bit. Not that James didn't put him in a good spot after that, but um, he just he, once that confidence is knocked out of him and then he got another check on the turn as well, that's sort of all over for him. So a bit disappointing for best of Bordeaux. But I thought actually an interesting horse to follow out of that was Buenos Noches, who popped up in the midweeks not too long ago. Um, he was bumped by Prometo. In fact, more than bumped, he was pretty heavily checked and Nashua Willow got time for it. He's heavily hampered. He ran the best last 200 of the race. So for him to get bumped like that and still run on, I think we might just see some, some three-year-olds jumping out of the ground, coming out of midweeks as opposed to, you know, coming back from the two-year-old season. I'll tell you what, Ali, Shades of Rose is imp- uh, building an impressive record, isn't she? Yeah, she's just a serious racehorse, isn't she? I love the way she pinned her ears back. I don't know if you guys have watched that slow-mo replay when she crosses the line, but her ears are so flat back, they're almost flapping in the wind. <laughs> she's just um, she's got a will to win. Um, she's a lovely type. She's worked through the grades nicely, and it surely has to be black type for her next. And and I think we've got another another potential, you know, genuine racehorse that we can all follow as a bit of a cult horse. What other horses are you following out of the weekend, Ali? So I'm going to follow. I was really, you know, I was really disappointed we didn't get to see Conqueror. That's sort of one um, to to watch because he'll have to go back and trial now. So we'll watch him at the trials and, and hopefully he doesn't do the wrong thing again. But one out of the Kibu race was Golden Mile. So a son of a stern. He was in the worst part of the ground. Um, he just is a lovely, relaxed horse in the yard in transit. He was switched off, just got put to sleep nice and early. Um, he's just a beautiful galloper though, and I thought he did his best work late running through the line. So. Golden Mile will be the one to watch from uh, the up-and-coming. And then the other horse I'd like to follow was Alias, was the run of the race for mine. Mm. Sat last in a controlled tempo and just got a lovely suck into the straight. Um, wasn't even really hit with the persuader and then just found the line strongly at about the 150. Was the only horse to break 34 for the day for the last 600 and went the best last 200 of the entire day. So I'll follow Alias out of that. That was race five. We'll chat to you later in the week, Ali. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys.